Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we assemble to explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this, our sixth season, we are looking at The Avengers. I'm Andy Nelson from the Next Real Film Podcast. And I'm Pete Wright, introducing Loki, God of Bystanders. <laughs> That's right. Today we are talking about Minute 49, which begins with a kick to the chest and ends with a headbutt. That's right. It is a very, very uh, punchy, hitty minute. A lot of fighting uh, between our heroes here. Joining us on the show, we have uh, some new guests. We're very excited to have a part of this. Lester Clark and Keenan Diaz from The Exorcist Minute are here. Hello, you two. Hello. So glad to be here. Thank you, Andy and Pete. Yes, thank you guys so much. You guys, really, I mean... You you responded so quickly to get this, your favorite minute of this movie. <laughs> I can't wait to plumb the depths of your rationale. Tooth and nail. Normally I ask our guests, like, why why did you pick this minute? And so I think that's a great place to start with this one, knowing that it was like, well, what's left? And and here we are. We we needed some time, you see, because my yes. good friend Lester is a very mm -hmm. learned man, uh, and one of the uh, blind spots in his life is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So yes, yes, um, and it, also uh, this is uh, from myself. This is Baby's first podcast talking about <laughs> the Exorcist Minute. Right. So my like all of my being, all of my thought, all of my energy is uh, you know uh, centered around like building this thing, which will someday become uh, uh, our empire. Keenan, you and you and I. Um, and uh, so like I I haven't been watching any movies. I haven't been doing. <laughs> Doing anything else except except this thing so like the, the when you so graciously invited us to uh to to come on to your podcast i was like okay i'm gonna watch the avengers at some point i'm gonna watch it at some point and then the minutes were filling up and then i was like oh man well i hope i get you know like like this minute or this minute or this minute and um and then like this was the minute uh <laughs> that that we had and i was like well i'm gonna i'm gonna make something out of this i'm gonna talk about this and and i came up with some stuff i'm really really excited actually um yeah lester bringing it he's he's here to podcast the hell out of minute 49 yeah, oh, yeah. no don't you don't you <laughs> don't you say worry nothing about, about my minute 49 like i got i got some stuff I'm ready for peak downloads on Minute yes. 49. I'm ready to just let's break the needle. Did you guys hear on Minute 49? Oh, my God. That's right. That's right. Well, I, I think a good place to start is just getting a sense uh, from you, Lester, coming mm. into this, not having seen any of the films. We've had guests in the past talking about how they went with a friend who had, like, not... Uh, not seen any of the films and the Avengers was kind of their entry point into it. And they're like, how could you yes. come here without having seen any of this stuff? <laughs> and here we are with Lester here right we here. We thought yes. you were a unicorn. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought you were on the exorcist minute the yes. whole time. <laughs> the whole time. The whole time. Um, that's a, that, yeah, that, that's a running gag on our show the whole time. Um, <laughs> from Sally Field. Wonderful, wonderful Sally Field. Um, no, so... <laughs> I'm coming at this from um, kind of an interesting place. Uh, when I was young and just starting to get into superheroes, actually, uh, actually, let's be honest, I, I was always into the villains. Um, but like right when I was starting to 
dip my toe into that stuff. Um, that was around the time when comic books were just not cool. And so I'd be like circling around a franchise, like maybe I'd pick up a, a graphic novel at the school library. And that's when like a jock would always jump out from behind the stacks and he'd be like, nerd. And I'd run away like a, a scared puppy. Um, <laughs> And, Lester and, and went to school in the 1950s movie, I yeah, think. Exactly, exactly. I was born in the 1980s, but I, I went to school specifically in the 1950s. Yeah. Um, and like fast forward to adulthood and it feels like the whole world has turned on me. Like now I'm the chucklehead for not being familiar with the MCU. Like my students who call me Mr. Thor, because like if, if you see me, I sort of have that look like they tease me endlessly for not knowing enough about the MCU. See you. Um, but like, actually, I, I sort of chose a different nerd path. Like I got really into, at, like, as you can see up here, like Norse mythology and the Vikings and, you know, the culture and mythology surrounding... <laughs> I almost said the real Thor. Um, yeah, the real but, Thor. Absolutely. The real Thor, right? <laughs> but no, like, like I'm constantly trying to push that stuff on them. I'm like, oh, oh, so you like Thor and Odin. Well, let's read about the mead of poetry or the apples of immortality. And like every Thursday, I can't help it. I'm like, hey, happy Thursday. Or should I say happy Thursday? <laughs> because, because did you know? And they're like, yes, we know, Mr. Clark, we know. Like you've said it like a million times. So, so that's where I'm, I'm coming from. I'm a little bit more knowledgeable about the mythological Thor than I am about the Marvel one, but like, I hope I can bring something to the table here. Um. Well, that's, I mean, yeah. And I'm glad, you know, we, we have Thor minutes at mm -hmm. least or a Thor yes. minute that we do get yeah. to discuss. So at least that we have that here now. I mean, Watching the film for the first time, though, did you did you did you follow it? Did you like it? Like, where did you end up landing as you kind of watched this film and experienced the uh, the Avengers for the first time? I did. And it was interesting because I have seen like a handful of other Marvel movies before this. Like oh. I did see um, Captain America, the first Avenger. And I actually I listened to your guys's um, uh, uh, show, um, you know, covering that movie. And I, I really, really liked that. Um, oh, I don't know if I can say this on the um, my girlfriend said that um, uh, I have the uh, I'll just say the hips of Captain America. So I was like, well, now I got to go check that out. Um, yeah. the, the hips of Captain the, America. Well, that's not what hips, the, but like, this that's is not what the kids say. Oh, no, I think oh, you, yeah, the, kids, the kids say it's America's yeah. ass. That's what the kids yeah. say. Right, there we go. Okay, yeah, okay, I have okay. I ha Right, right. I have that's his quote. Bottom. So, yes, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, nice. So, yeah, so, yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I got to I got to look at this. I got to I gotta see this. And I was like, ooh, Hugo Weaving. I didn't know he was. Wow, this is great. Um, and then, of course, I watched uh, the first Thor because, again, me and Thor and, and all that stuff. So, so I've seen Captain America. I've seen Thor. So coming into this, I've, I've seen those movies and I was like, oh, okay, this is the one where like they all get together. All the special people get together and they, you know, they, they fight the bad guys. Right. So, yeah. So that's, that's my experience with it. Keenan, what was your, um, kind of what's your story with the uh, MCU and this film? Mm, well, you know, I grew up uh, more of an X-Man and Spider-Man fan. So that was my that was my deal, reading all the Age of Carnage crossover Spider-Mans and yeah, and all that. But I had I had read Infinity, uh, the Infinity Gauntlet, which is a little bit different from where the MCU goes. So uh, when they became movies, I, I watched them. Uh, 
for some reason, I, I've missed the, I missed at, at the time the first Iron Man and the first Captain America and the first Captain Marvel and the first uh, Doctor Strange. <laughs> and I'm always there for the sequels. I'm not sure how that's happened, but that, that's sort of my experience with them. <laughs> that's that's kind of so funny. interesting that you, that none of the sequels ever provoked you to go back and fill in those holes. Well, you know, I think they, they just pick up running and you're like, well, I get it. <laughs> I, I, I got what's going on here. <laughs> well, as as one of the uh, hosts of a, a movie by minute podcast mm-hmm. dedicated to Marvel, I highly recommend just go watch Iron Man. It does some really cool things. <laughs> oh, I've seen number two. I've seen number three. I've seen Civil, I've seen Civil War. I've seen all the Spider-Mans. I don't know. <laughs> well, just consider it a prequel then just go back and <laughs> prequel. <laughs> oh that's funny well this minute so this is a very uh we're, our heroes are fighting we're out in the woods um somewhere lost in europe uh in the alps presumably is kind of where we are we have iron man and we have thor uh and then of course as pete alluded to loki sitting on top of the little cliffside just sitting there watching casually mm, there's and a lot that, going on in this minute but i think that's my favorite single shot yeah <laughs> it's a weird shot right <laughs> it's like this overhead <laughs> oh, it's 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 a over the shoulder shot behind loki looking yes. off the cliffside which is a lot shorter than i thought in the in the scene when he and thor were talking on it i felt it's like we were really quick. high <laughs> and then yeah. but now we're just like oh it's just it's kind of a low cliff it's just <laughs> not very high. but yeah we're over there sh- over his shoulder looking down as he's watching the two fight below and he's just sitting there mm-hmm. just sitting yep. casually yeah, you, you kind of imagine like a, a, a martini glass or something like a christine baranski sort of like oh, <laughs> like this <yeah>. is exactly <laughs> you might you yeah. might think he is overly fond of what comes next like right. he's See, having a fairly chill uh, <laughs> session that was kind of my question the whole time i mean like like yeah is this is is this, you know, two superheroes egos, um, you know, getting the better of each other, right? When they're trying, well, they should be on the same side. They should be working together, you know, for the greater good and all that, right? But like, they just can't be, you know, the number two. So they're, they're fighting. Or is this a little bit of Loki? Inf- like, is, is Loki, Loki kind of like orchestrating this? Is he, is he like setting them against each other? Like, you know, like, like pieces on a chessboard or something like that? I think that would be a really interesting angle and a, and certainly a fascinating lens through which to watch this this movie and probably some of the su- subsequent movies. And I don't I don't want to say anything insulting to the powers that be, but I I don't think they're clever enough to have gone that route <laughs> yet. <laughs> well, it, what's interesting is like he has the scepter and obviously can manipulate people's minds when he's using it. Although he doesn't right now, but it does make you wonder, like, exactly how close does he need to be to it in order to have any sway over people? Does it have to be in his hand? Could he have been using it without them realizing when he was in the uh, the Quinjet earlier? It was there. He was there. Was he close enough to kind of be playing with their minds a little bit? I mean, it's something I hadn't considered. But, but Andy... W- what are we saying? If if Loki goes to Europe and, and drops his scepter, then the people back at his factory just like take a coffee break, like they're no longer uh, like at the at the old evil factory, moving the evil from one bucket to the other. That's exactly right. The little coffee mugs that say "I love evil," yeah. "I heart evil," right? but, like, but it's just a job when the boss is away, right? When that's right, yeah, you know. Right. 
when that exactly. stone isn't there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a very, very good question because the, I mean, obviously they keep working. I mean, Clint still has his little glowing blue eyes as, as does Eric and everyone else, but it does make you wonder why. Why he's, do they he's still... angling for that promotion? Yeah. I think. I think he wants to be assistant to the Loki. Eventually, <laughs> he wants to be sure. Vice Loki is it assistant manager or assistant to the manager? <laughs> yeah, assistant to the manager, right? <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's a it's a funny thing with Loki the way that this scene plays. And honestly, I think I would actually like it so much more. Uh, we, we've talked about this with our last guests. I really struggle with these this sequence with the heroes just fighting each other i'm like can't they just i mean really this is how they have to solve all their issues it just i find it very frustrating i would like it so much more if they painted it where loki actually had been playing around with with their minds a little bit and kind of that led to some of this like i would have ended up buying it a little more if that was in there yeah, like like Andy, Pete, uh, Keenan. I think I think we all kind of want that, and we want it so much. But like, I think you guys are right with the shot that we have—that really quick shot of the back of his head. We don't have a close up on his face, like smiling evilly. We don't have, and we don't have like Thor and and Iron Man's eyes turning blue. You know, like like the uh the like the pew pew stuff or whatever. Like it's it it would have to be like really really obvious for us to for us to say that that's what's going on. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. The other thing about the way that it plays is that with Loki sitting there, I guess there's the question, at least from my perspective, that later the heroes should be asking themselves, why didn't he just leave? (laughs) 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 That's the shot I want. That's the shot. Like you just, you just, you see, you hear them in the distance. It's like, you know, like trees falling down and just Loki just kind of looked like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah like, and, and the fact that, that, I mean, I did not recognize what a missed opportunity that is then in the post credit sequence when they're all sitting around eating shawarma and somebody doesn't say, why didn't he just leave? Like, that could have been the one line that fixes all of this. That would have been very funny. I mean, we, we know that eventually we find out that it's all part of the plan, right? Loki needs right. to get into the helicarrier so that uh, that whole thing can take place that's all part of the plan yeah but, that's the, the skyfall black panther plan b right that's that's sort of the whole the whole trope of it now yeah exactly <laughs> but it's like but why like it, especially coming from steve rogers who has the super uh strategic brain and should be thinking of all of this sort of stuff like it, well and and you know maybe it's because they all have different sets of information he doesn't know what loki's powers are from the movie thor and, you know, Thor should know this. He should know that his brother has the power, as Loki says, he kind of has these secret back doors that he can sneak through in different places to go places. Like, that's how he sneaks down into the into Odin's uh, treasure room at one point. There are these, or sneaks the frost giants in, right? So he's got access to secret back channels that he can use, but this is a situation where he doesn't. Thor theoretically should know he has access to those. Captain America should be asking these questions. So it does make you wonder, by the time they're up there, this is the sort of stuff they should be talking about instead. 
I was surprised watching the movie again. I, I, I always, I was thinking again, uh, that, that there was more to the, this than I had remembered. Like, uh, he sort of, he sort of gives himself up and like, oh, oh yeah, this is, uh, one of, uh, one of his doppelgangers or something, you know, <laughs> he's been captured and they go, oh wait, no, that, that doesn't happen. He just has been captured. He's just sort of watching them capture him very easily. <laughs> Turns out. There was nothing more to it after all. Yeah. Real sorry. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, this is really clever. Yeah, this there's a whole lot of stuff going on here. <laughs> well, okay, so we were talking a little bit about this idea of the heroes fighting each other. I mean, how do what do you buy into this? Do you do you like the way it plays out? Do you think it makes sense in context of the story of Thor and Iron Man going at it? What would the what would the real Thor Odinson do, Lester? <laughs> oh, the real Thor Odinson? I thought, well, I think actually the real Thor Odinson would also like smash first and ask questions <laughs> later as well. Um, right. so this actually goes, this is, this is in character, I think. Uh, this is on model for Thor. But again, what I would have liked is, uh, you know, uh, Loki kind of, um, sitting there and maybe not or- orchestrating it, but just kind of like this smug smile. It's like, oh man, I know my brother so well. I know humans and mortals so well. This is so typical. This is, this is all all working according to plan, right? Like, at least just have, like, a little shot of his face just kind of like, you know, something like that. Um, But yeah. I think Mm. it's really interesting how little we've seen of Thor. He's the last Avenger, I suppose, right? If Captain America's the first Avenger. Oh, yeah. Well, well, yeah, because he's introduced, like, three minutes before this. And and so he comes in and he's just completely going crazy and totally roiding out in a way that we've expected the Hulk to do. And that's sort of his, his, um, his position. It's Pretty shocking, I think, uh, in retrospect, like how how little we get to know Thor in this movie. What if I hadn't seen Thor one, and, and this is my introduction to him? That's actually a good question. Like, so because I've you know I've told people that I'm doing the show, and they're like, oh, but I haven't seen every single Marvel movie, so am I going to be able to listen to this episode? You know, and I was like, no, 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 no. You can what? Like, this is a standalone thing. You can, but like, uh, like. Andy and Pete, like, what is what is the average kind of like like number of uh, of Marvel movies that someone um, has seen before watching the Avengers? What is the average number? <laughs> yeah, I haven't, I haven't done any count I mean, recently. But <laughs> <laughs> what do what do the polls say? What is the you know survey? You I know? would guess that I mean, if it just completely uh, speculative guess on my part, I would guess it's going to be something like. Um, four point two, right? Mm. You're gonna go with a decimal. <laughs> when you average out thousands or millions I, of yeah, people, it's yeah, gotta it's be a decimal. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that point two is the movie that you started, and you were like, ah. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. <laughs> well, of course, when we're getting together, the Avengers, right, for this movie, and and the thunder starts coming in, and we know it's Thor. We're sort of excited. I just wonder if if this introduction to him is what we we're meant to expect or not, right? That he's just kind of coming in and punching, punching everything. Yeah. It's, I mean, it is very, I mean, when you look at each of our heroes entrances, uh, you know, Iron Man before this had had two films. So if anyone has had the most screen time up to this film, it's him, which perhaps speaks to why his introduction is welding a pipe underwater, right? It's like, <laughs> it's not very exciting, but it fits in in the scope of Tony and his giant phallic building that he's building in the middle of New York. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, Black Widow gets something a little more interesting. She's kind of in the middle of a uh, uh, mission. Um, Hulk is kind of, uh, you know, 
lured into this scenario to kind of be brought into the Avengers. Um, unfortunately, Hawkeye is the worst. He's immediately just turned into a bad guy right out yeah. of the gate. What and, do fans of Hawkeye think of this film? Like that, I, I'm. I, th- I think Andy is one of the biggest fans of <laughs> oh, Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah. They feel strongly about it. Even Jeremy Renner was pretty disappointed <laughs> that yeah. he had to start mm-hmm. the movie as getting instantly turned into a villain. It's kind of frustrating. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, it's Hawkeye. Oh, oh. yeah, right. yeah. Haw- Hawkeye's like, first yeah. close up has his eyes turning a, an indecipherable color. Right, so it's like the first the first really good look at Jeremy Renner's eyes, and they're blocked. He, he doesn't even eyes. get to shoot an arrow. Right. Yeah, Hawkeye's eyes. Yeah. He doesn't even get to shoot uh, an arrow until you know a few minutes uh, before this when he finally attacks the. Uh, the um, scientists base in Stuttgart. So. Right. When he's shooting innocent people, that's what, that's when Hawkeye gets <laughs> to actually use his, his arrows. Right. That's I the know. first arrow he fires. Yeah. So frustrating. Captain America's is probably the most interesting because it's more pensive and it's a little more kind of exploring his uh, feelings about being, you know, resurrected after being uh, in, frozen for 70 years. Um, but this really, as you said, Keenan, is like a full-on action entrance that we have for Thor. Like he's coming down in a lightning storm, landing on the Quinjet. And I mean, it's without the intentions to fight, his intentions are really to grab his brother, grab the Tesseract and get him back to Odin, uh, where Odin can, you know, uh, put him in a tribunal or whatever. Um, but instead it turns into this big action sequence. And now you've got these heroes going to blows because they're all... Uh, they all want Loki for their own thing and they're just not communicating. And as you said, Thor is kind of leading with his head or you may say his hammer as opposed to um, kind of uh, talking about talking about it first. But that's where we are is in this in this place where they're just going to blows and Iron Man is potentially the character who is more um, more ego than anything. And he's coming into this situation and Thor just shows up and Iron Man is kind of sees himself as the leader. And I suppose you could say that he's, um, you know, he doesn't like that Thor just does this. And so instantly goes off. Right. So I actually really like this minute because of that, because it's like a really good look at our heroes being unheroic, right? Like you, you think about all that stuff that the Avengers stand for, right? Like truth, justice, peace, Uh-oh. protection, <laughs> right? Like they're, they're supposed to be, oh wait, is everything okay? Oh no, you were sort of, you were sort of going into the other universe yeah. a little bit. With, where do you, where do you stand on DC comics? Oh, truth, truth, <laughs> truth justice of the American, <laughs> the American way. way. Oh no, no, no. Those are the other, those are the other guys. <laughs> oh, okay. Have you, have you seen, have you seen the ancient Nordic banner behind me? <laughs> this right, is well, so, uh, yeah, finish your thought but, and then I have a question. Yes. So like, okay, like peace, protection, like all of that stuff, right? That's supposed to, be, they're supposed to be the same. Saviors of the world, right? And and sure, they are saviors, but they're also like very human in this minute. Oh, it's like, okay, Thor is a special case, but like you know what I mean, right? Like they have human flaws, they have these human frailties, they have egos up the wazoo, right? Like very fragile egos, right? This minute right here, this whole fight actually is like as much as we want to say it's it's um you know, it, it's uh, it's about like uh, uh, saving the world from Loki or bringing Loki back to Asgard or or whatever. Like it's it's about two 
you know, uh, humans again, not literally, but like, it, like they can't, they can't like let their e- leave their egos at the door. They have to be the ones to save the day. And that's not like what a hero is supposed to be. A hero is supposed to think is supposed to be selfless is, is self-sacrificing. He's supposed to think of the greater good. Right. So it shows us that like even our heroes are can sometimes be a little bit flawed, a little bit weak. One, yes to all of that. And I regret that I'm about to change the subject just a little bit uh, (laughs) to to pivot to some Thor expertise. This movie presents Thor. We're still in the brooding, dramatic part of Thor's overall arc in the MCU. He has gone, and I'll say, because I assume you haven't seen any of the movies that come after this. Is that fair to say? Have you seen all the Thor movies? Do you know where we go from here? I have not. I've seen okay. I've seen Thor and this one. <laughs> okay. So he becomes um oh, I don't even know how you say it. he's not a, I mean he's not a buffoon, but he becomes much more of a comic character in uh, like in a comedic character as the as the thing progresses. And it's funny. There's stuff in there that's just legit funny. But this movie, we get him introduced as the God of Thunder, and he is coming down on a plane in a bolt of lightning, and he's a badass. And I'm curious your take on on that sort of a trajectory. Is Thor, is real Thor a funny guy? <laughs> Well, I mean, like in the like in the Norse mythology, there are I, there. Uh, the first story that comes to mind is Thor has to go get his hammer back, and Loki is helping him, and he literally disguises uh, uh, himself as like the bride to this giant. So he's dressing in drag to get his hammer back that you know that this giant stole. It's like it's okay. a scene from Bugs Bunny, you know. <laughs> um, That actually helps me, right? That helps me rationalize the arc of of Thor. Mm. Right. Thor starts off in a Brana film, and and the people who like the the first Thor the most tend to say it's like Brana's uh, uh, Shakespeare plays, right? Like like we're elevating Thor to the level of Shakespeare. And now the the Waititi movies um, are like a, yeah, Bugs Bunny cartoon. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. I prefer prefer the Waititi ones to the the Brana and Taylor one, but. Hmm. Yeah, the third of the third film for sure. The fourth one, I have a lot of a lot of issues with. But when I was telling, I was telling Lester. Oh, he meets Zeus in that one, and uh, yeah. Oh, does. don't don't. Oh, no, he's gonna, he's gonna. Yeah, Hercules is gonna go battle uh, Thor in the Kenan next one. Is, is opening a can of worms. We had we had this talk on on our show about about mixing your mythologies and oh, and that's a. Yeah, hard pass. That is a trigger for me. I'm like, okay, so no, 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 okay, that's my question, okay? All right. Because I'm, I'm all, I'm all uh, Norse mythology, Mister Guy over here. But okay, in the Marvel universe, is Thor a god? And then question two, follow up question: What religion is Iron Man? Because he's wrong. Well, Iron Man doesn't have a religion. I would say. Okay. Well, he's, yeah. then he's wrong anyway but, because Thor is right there. But Captain America, Captain America is a Christian for sure. Well, he, he's That's wrong textual. too because Thor is there. Well, okay. So here's here's kind of the way they've set things up in Thor in the first film, which you saw. So you should yes. kind of have. A, you might remember this that yes. they are essentially aliens we'll just call them they're beings from another planet that live an incredibly long time they have those golden apples that they eat to prolong their life all this great stuff um and they're incredibly powerful when they come down to midgard our planet here they 
seem like gods because they and this is how at the very beginning like they they talk about like the the early uh, Norse uh, people the Vikings kind of saw them as gods because they just were so much more than they were you know and so okay and that's kind of how it's pitched in the film where eh, they're not really gods they're just kind of people who just live a really long time and are really strong so then you get to Thor, Love, to... and Thunder. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and that's where, because then you have this character, Gore the God Butcher, who is very upset at his, quote, God, about having not saved, you know, somebody they pray to, but didn't save his kid and all this stuff. And so now he's decided he got some, you know, evil weapon, and now he has turned into this super powerful being that is going around killing, quote, gods. And uh, destroying them because it's not just Thor and the people of Asgard who are kind of the, quote, gods for Midgard and the rest of the Nine Realms. But there are all these different gods around the universe that that kind of, I don't know, are they just powerful beings who happen to kind of, you know, thrown over different planets, some for good, some for ill, some for uh, not paying attention at all. Um, but But you have Zeus, you have... Um, you know, uh, many gods, they go to Zeus's palace and there are all sorts of gods that we meet in there, including they mention, hey, I think that's the carpenter over there. Mm-hmm. So oh that's God. even thrown in. <laughs> exactly. So He's there too. <laughs> so who really knows? It's like they made kind of a, it was a, yeah, it was a little bit of a, a lot. A little well, of a lot. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit of a lot. That's a perfect way to describe that. Yeah. That first description of Asgard and Midgard, right? That's a little bit like Arthur C. Clarke, right? Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. So it's like, yeah, any sufficiently advanced biology is indistinguishable from magic. And then in the latest one, it's sort of, I guess, the Alan Moore version of just like, they're all in this this shared fictional universe. So they're all buddies together. And Thor is kind of what he's like their, um, or Zeus rather, is kind of like their... Um, He's not their boss, I guess, <laughs> but he's uh, first among equals, I guess. He's the head of the union. He's the head of the union, right? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Zeus, the head of the union. <laughs> well, I, I, I was had a question about, about this scene here between um, them fighting, uh, you know, Iron Man and, and Thor fighting. It, it does sort of harken to that sort of schoolyard debate, right, about like who could who could beat who, right? Superman or Superman or Spider-Man, who could beat each other. Um, and so I wonder if that, if that's part of Feige and uh, Disney's um, uh, game plan here, like their strategy of like giving the fans that or, or whether that was um, you know, some other reason for that. I wonder if that's like what they decided when you have all these heroes together, we better get that figured out really quickly that the answer is that none of them are stronger than the other one. Right. Uh, which is definitely a part of it and something that was prominent in the comic books. I mean, you, you yeah. would often have there was preening. Yeah, conflict between heroes and they go to blows until they finally realize, oh, you know, we're on the same side. Let's work together on this. And it's, it's a fairly common comic book trope that they're exploring here. That sort of reminds me of like in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, how they got, um, what was it, Daffy Duck and Donald Duck, like on the screen at the same time. And they were like, they were like <laughs> the, the, the representatives of, of Disney and Warner Brothers. It was like, well, Daffy Duck cannot outwit Donald Duck. And then and on the other side, I said, well, Donald Duck can't get the one up on Daffy Duck. Yeah. And it's like they have to be on, on screen at the, the exact, exact same, same time. amount of seconds and the exact same amount of lines. And then when and then when Mickey and um, and uh, Bugs are in the scene 
everything together. It's the exact same thing. They have mm-hmm. the same screen time, same amount of lines. But here we have to say like, oh, you know, they, they're not, no one's stronger than each other, right? Cap has to sort of come in and say like, oh, we're just done with this because you're just going to be doing this all day. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which he could do all day. Settled science. Yeah, settled science. Well, uh, yeah. And, and here's the other thing is like, um, they're, they're going at it pretty hard. I mean, we have a moment in here, uh, aside from like repulsor blast in the face and, you know, a lot of rock'em sock'em that they're doing here, but we do have a moment also where Iron Man, they fly at each other and Iron Man grabs Thor midair and, and blasts him into a cliff where he then proceeds to grind Thor like up the side of the cliff as they fly up before, you know, Thor pushes them both off. But, you know, and I know like Tony had done some homework, I guess, whatever it was that S.H.I.E.L.D. gave him, a little background on Thor, Bruce Banner, uh, Steve Rogers, so he kind of had a sense as to who they were. So he had an idea of who Thor was, but he also doesn't really know anything about Thor. They didn't know a whole lot about Thor. Like, this is, and again, it's a comic book movie, and I know I'm probably asking myself far too many deep questions about something like this, but (laughs) is there any concern with these characters that they're like, it's a good guy fighting a good guy. What if I accidentally kill him right here? Like, what if I push him into a cliff and like grind the entire front half of him off? Like, mm-hmm. it's it's what it's like those sorts of questions that I end up thinking about when I watch a film like or a scene like this, and I'm like, eh, <laughs> but that would have really sucked. <laughs> You yeah. do, you don't have Tony Stark's ego, right? Where you think that you you can you both can kill Thor, but are also smart enough to not kill Thor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? well, that you have all yeah. of it figured out. <laughs> you can pull back at the very last minute, yeah. <laughs> right? It's just enough pushing into the cliff. <laughs> yeah. I will say I I love these uh, these huge fights that kind of like span uh, a whole bunch of like uh, uh, geography. Like it takes you from um, you know a cliff face to, you know, you going across the, the forest and knocking down trees and everything like that. But I always wonder, like, you're, you're, you're covering so much ground. Do, do you ever, like, when you stop, do you look around and you're like, where, where, where am I? Like, like, how do I, how do I get back to where I was? Where's Loki now? You know? Um, I know. It's very it's convenient the that there. they land right back in the place. Like, we, went back, we went around in a circle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's really interesting that we end up in this little kind of a grove situation here, right? I think it just it's just prettier um, in in the script and uh, Tignataro, like um, in a lot of his scripts is is actively comparing whatever he's working on to a Western. Right. And saying like, like Serenity Firefly is a Western, et cetera. Uh, Toy Story is a Western. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, this, this feels Western y to me and having this sort of like standoff there, even though it's in the middle of the night. Um, but it, what it makes me recall is the, uh, the Japanese version of a Western, the Jidageki movie and, uh, like Rashomon, where we have this, um, this sword fight in the middle of, um, of this dark grove. And I like that we sort of put it back there whenever we can. So they're, they're like, Oh, let's get back to that grove. That was really cool looking guys <laughs> yeah, let's get right back there yeah hmm. right right it has a level of artifice to it but in a way where it does it fits i i don't know i guess there's something about it that feels it has kind of like a contained feel yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so i will say this uh the Marvel movies do a really good job of making you wish that you had whatever special power 
uh, the character that you're watching has, right? Like, even if it's not like your favorite special power, like coming in, like before coming into the movie, it's like, oh, I really want to fly. But then you watch like um, Spider-Man. You're like, ah, actually now I want to yeah. like crawl on walls and everything. Like that's <laughs> what I want to do, right? You watch the Hulk and you're just like, oh, I want to get mad and crush stuff, you know? Like, like even if it's not your favorite superpower, like they sell it. Right. Like even if it's like encumbered in some way, like it's like a super high tech suit or it's contained entirely within an object, like a weapon, like a sword or a hammer or something like that. Right. Like I know Thor has more power than than just his hammer. But like, dang, you want that hammer. (laughs) Right. Like what what kid hasn't imagined they're wielding some weapon of superhuman like, you know, whether it be a sword or a hammer. Right. Like I, I think this minute definitely pressed all the childhood buttons of like finding a finding a stick in the woods and just holding it up and imagining it's like this other thing and swinging it around, hitting rocks and trees and your friends with it. You know? <laughs> but why does it need to be a stick if Disney now sell it to you at, uh, at Walmart? Well, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, really, like this, this movie represents a cup runneth over kind of moment for exactly that kind of of uh, play that like if it wasn't a stick it was some sort of branch as a shield right like it was there was something ab- about that and here we are like watching th- our imagination come to life and testing the bounds of human ingenuity versus s- sort of supernatural uh, ingenuity mm, right right well, like, then, yeah like charlie and, and kaufman that, talks about the battle between technology and horse in adaptation yeah. right it's exactly what this is <laughs> yeah yeah that's exactly it that we have a guy whose entire locus of power comes from mind and technology fighting a guy who is of another plane right who is a god and and that is uh that's a significant clash that is just happening in a grove in the woods <laughs> like yeah, that right. shouldn't be understated right there that it's it says as punchy punchy as this minute is like it's it's an exploration of much more than just punchy punchy <laughs> and it actually like it sets up like so the kids watching this now they have an excuse because it can be like it's like well i really like iron man so i'm gonna be iron man right now and the other kids like well i want to be thor it's like well we can't fight because there's no loki well now you can because it's in the movie right <laughs> i would be loki can i just <laughs> watch oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'd like to watch and do a podcast about it later <laughs> <laughs> So Pete that, Lester are both Lokis. Is that what you're going with? Oh, you're I, I got it. I love my Loki. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. <laughs> he may look like Thor, but he's really Loki. He's really Loki. I, I, I look like Thor, but Loki. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Now here's a question that we haven't brought up because I mean Thor has only been in the movie for three minutes or so. But this is Thor's first time coming down to Midgard and finding people who are potentially, I guess you could say, as strong as him. Do you think mm. that he like looks at Iron Man as a mid-guardian, or do you feel like and eventually Captain America uh, like, I don't know, it, I was only just thinking about this. I'm like, does he think that there are actually other people, like other aliens or people who had come down from other planets to Midgard, or do you think that he uh, has some sense? If he really is the protector of Midgard, why doesn't he know already? <laughs> he doesn't watch the news. He doesn't believe in it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, right, right. Well, that could also speak to... <laughs> he says G- GNN is fake news. He doesn't want a part of it. <laughs> But no, actually, yeah, Andy, that's that's a, a really good question. Because, like, I saw the first Thor movie and he met with 
uh, you know, mortals with Midgardians. Like, so he knows what they what they should be all about, right? So seeing Iron Man for the first time, I guess, yeah, that that is a really good question. It's like, what does he think of Iron Man? Yeah. Well, we just don't have time, right? Because in in Guardians, or I forget where he meets um, where he meets Rocket, but he he calls him the Rabbit, right? I forget which movie that that starts in, but yeah, we don't really have a quiet moment for him to reflect that. So here, Thor calls him the Metal Man, um, which isn't too different from Iron Man. I was thinking about that, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's right. Not, not not much of an insult, yeah. Just saying uh, Metal Man instead of Iron Man, yeah. They had iron in in like ancient Norse times. Why does he? Why, why does he not think of iron first? But here's the thing: that honestly, honestly, Thor is the smarter one here because he realizes as he looks at Iron Man, he's like, "Well, obviously, he's not made of iron. None of that that he's on is iron." <laughs> <laughs> does he have like magneto powers i wonder like he has the power of, of electricity essentially does he can he can he figure out what element is in that suit as he's as he's yeah. shocking it, yeah <laughs> well he clearly didn't know that his uh his electric blast of lightning would actually power the suit up as we find out in this which minute, is which such a cool beat i mean come on is it I love it. Stop it. Oh my god, you buzzkill. 475%? You buzzkill. I love it. so completely just unrealistic. I don't see how Jarvis could get charged 400% of his capacity. I don't believe that that's a thing, Pete. It doesn't matter, you guys. It doesn't matter. He's a scientist. Yes. Pete, I leave my phone charged all night, and it's still... Just 100% when I wake up. My heart is 400% charged for this beat. I don't know what the difference is between that and just saying it's over 9,000. Like, why does it have to be? Like, they think they picked a reasonable enough number. (laughs) But it's still an impossible number for for it to be charged that much. Now, when it drops from 400% to 399%, isn't that just now 99%? Right. I'm just saying, I'll bet, I'll bet they could come up with a justification for 400%. I would love to read that white paper. Yes, I would love it. I don't have it, but I still feel good. <laughs> Mostly because of Tony, like his response. Um, how about that? Like, that is that's cool snark. And like, it, like it's fun. It's fun. Screw this movie by minute thing. You guys are watching too carefully. Tony's, uh, Tony's uh, single like HUD shots that mm-hmm. we have like yeah. through this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert Downey Jr. never seemed like his energy always seems weird to me. Like the the shot when he's looking and he says, "Well, how about that?" Like I'm just like, was he like? Did he just wake up when he came in to read that line? Like it just it's such a snooze of a delivery that I I, I end up not. This is one of the things that I'm frustrated with, with him in particular. Like a lot of those HUD shots, they just don't have the energy that he was giving with John Favreau in the two Iron Man films before this. There's something different about it mm. in those HUD shots. And I don't know if they were shooting it in a different way and he just wasn't used to it. I'm not exactly sure what changed, but I feel like when I see the HUD shots in this film, I'm always feeling like his energy is a little different. So I haven't seen the other ones like he I mean, he obviously has HUD shots in uh, the other Iron Man. Yes, Iron Men. What's the (laughs) Um, but like like, do you think maybe he's trying to like 
play more like unflappable, unfazed, like he's just bored with the whole thing, because that's kind of like how I read it is like that seems to be kind of like Tony Stark's thing is that like this big, like life changing, world changing like thing happens. And and his kind of like bazinga is like, huh, you know, well, now I'm going to be late for dinner or, you know, something like that, you know. I think Andy's also on on to something potentially because um, I don't know how much the average viewer understands how how much a director's tenor sets the the tenor for the actors or right? like that's something that's really difficult to teach. It's really difficult to demonstrate in a behind the scenes DVD, you know. But Favreau and um, and Downey had this relationship that was incredibly fresh. Favreau is an actor. Whedon is not an actor. He's a TV showrunner, right? And that's a different a different experience so yeah i wouldn't be surprised if that was it andy like like okay we're gonna do the same thing that they did with john but just do it right just 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 recapture that magic yeah and that's that's easier said than done it is and you know you know it it it, there's small bits in the film, Pete, and I know they they move by quickly. The lines are quippy. The effects are great. So it's not like it's like bringing the movie down for me, but it's just something that I end up noticing yeah. as I'm watching this film. And it's it's just it's something that's there, you know. Well, Andy, and I'm I I want to like lean in on that point that Kenny just made because it it really is uh, it, it calls out a feeling that I've been having just in the latest phases of the MCU, which is the 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 sort of polishedness of it all uh, feels less explorational, less like improvisational, less exuberant in the celebration of comics. It feels just very um, matter of fact. And it's going to we know that shiny blue clouds and orange clouds have worked before. So we're going to do that again. But we're going to put a guy with a headlight in his face. And (laughs) I um, I, I feel like that what Keenan just said is is something that that I, I really think you could you could you can make a, a solid point that that starts here, that we now have this set of five movies that came before and we now are building the scaffolding, the architecture for everything that comes after. And I think everything that happened before changed movie to movie more than any single other movie since. Right. Like yeah, after after point. this movie. And so um, I, I think that's a that's a really good point. And so I don't want to completely dismiss I the emotional beat that I get for this movie or for that that beat. How about that is 100 percent because I like Downey so much. 400 percent. Um, Four hundred percent but there are there are still some times when the the universe can surprise you, right? I guess they're just you know maybe not necessarily a scene like werewolf by night or something like that or 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 WandaVision, which now seems like yes. it's like twenty years ago right but right. WandaVision sure. is did yeah. you know there was a pandemic <laughs> yeah, right WandaVision or werewolf by night, or you know it can still happen again, I think that that, that potentially they I keep wanting them to to go into different genres, right? And just embracing it, rather as opposed to the sameness of a superhero origin movie. You know, what's a Marvel rom com? Uh, she Hulk is is a little bit different. Some people like that, some people don't, right? But but it's it's different at least. Yes, 
Well, and I think the small screen exploration gets to exactly what you're talking about. Right. Um, you know, I all of them dramatically different in tone and texture. Loki, Falcon Winter Soldier, She-Hulk, very, very different properties, look different from one another, are presented different from one another. Werewolf by Night, great point. And, and the movies are not, like, they don't feel like, I, I thought we were going to get there with Ant-Man. I thought we were going to start getting great heist movies. And it's... They did, the one. <laughs> they did the one. They did Same the one. Same thing with Captain America, the uh, yeah. the Winter Soldier. They did a, a great conspiracy theory uh, film, and then that was it. They did you know, the right? one, yeah. and then it's yeah. just a lot of fighting. So that's uh, <laughs> fine. It's fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So who do you think would win in a fight if Captain America didn't stop them? <laughs> 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 like going back to our four-year-old selves here, like That's who do you right. think would really win here? <laughs> well, why don't you two start? Uh, mm. I, I'm curious what you two think. Well, I'm I'm still going to stick with my guns and say that Thor is a god, <laughs> even though he's an, he's an alien. I mean, like, you know, the, the early humans uh, mistook him for a god, but, you know. <laughs> He was he was strong enough to be a god in their eyes. So, yeah, I think he's going to win. I'm going to go with Iron Man in our first civil war between Lester and me. Uh, Yeah, I think Iron Man is is more clever and he he has he seems to have more up his sleeve. And and I think that uh, he's going to figure out this boss battle pattern to uh, how to defeat uh, Thor eventually. Interesting. What do you think, Andy? Andy? Oh, are we going to, you want, I want you to go. Okay, I'm going to say Thor. Um, (laughs) Thor, absolutely, I mean, we see him already crushing Iron Man's arm, like the the, 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 um, suit around his forearm, which tells me that give Thor enough time, I mean, he's going to be, he'll have the constitution to kind of hold out, and and he will be able to eventually get to a place where those repulsor blasts aren't going to hit him, and he could potentially just crush the shoot the suit and <laughs> kill Tony in the process, toss yeah. him to the it, side. I want badly to say Iron Man just to to make sure that that, that it's an even split on this show, but I don't think I can. Even at four hundred percent Iron Man, Thor is one hundred percent God. Mm. I go mm. with Thor. All right, yeah. <laughs> so actually so i i actually uh did a little bit of research here Uh-oh. guys um, and it turns out it was iron man all along <laughs> oh, no, no. <clears throat> it was agatha all along <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but no i like um talking about like superpowers and everything like that right like that and that made me realize like okay like you go out and you ask anyone, like, what superpower would you like to have? Would you like to have a, a hammer like Thor? Would you like to have, you know, a super suit like, uh, like Iron Man, right? Like, you can, you can only have one, right? And your life is, your life is pretty much the same. You're not, you're not fighting anybody or saving the world. You, you just have this power and you can do what, you know, what you, what you like, right? And they actually did a survey. Uh, they asked 2,000 people, uh, the top, the top five superpowers. Can anybody guess? Can it, like, like, what do you guys uh, uh, think was is on this list of top five? <laughs> well, I'm assuming they're picking things that I mean, are they picking things that are like from other superheroes? Um, it like yeah, it's like like common kind of like superpower tropes, right? right. Like not necessarily like isolated to any one hero. Like it's not like but... I want to generate web fluid out of my wrist. <laughs> no, no. Okay, all right, just check it. Okay, Peter well, Parker S like, like a sort right? of. Pus, and then, yeah. <laughs> so I can so I can save my dear old Aunt May. No, right, exactly. exactly. Well, I think flying absolutely is going to be flying one of is them. definitely there. Flying yeah. is actually uh, number two, and it would actually be my number one. Oh, yes. all right, okay. flying. 
Yeah. All right, yeah. Keenan, Pete, what do you two think? Well, I, I've seen Lester's list, but before, oh <laughs> my, yeah, you can't. No, yeah. but my guess, my my ideal one is the um the telekinesis thing, like Jean Grey. You know, Jean Grey gets to move things with her mind. She also gets to kiss Cyclops. Those are my mm. two <laughs> my two childhood <laughs> dreams. Uh, that, that's right. Are you, are, neither of those are on the list, though. As long no, as he has his eyes closed. <laughs> yes. Right. But you're actually like the like the fifth person to say telekinesis, Keenan. All right. Because uh, right. I've checked with my students, and they, they're like, oh, yeah, telekinesis. Absolutely. And like, okay. For some huh. reason, it's not in the top five. I don't know why. Insane. Yeah. I, I would have put that, yeah, that would have been my top five for right. sure. Mm. Pete? I just assumed that, like, invisibility was the other one because isn't that the like the trope would you rather fly or be invisible so invisibility is actually number one <laughs> oh, um, yeah, which i don't know when i when i found that out, i was like that's saying something about this uh like like this uh, this this group of uh of people they interview it's like why 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 do you want to be invisible what are you what are you doing why do you why do, why do i've seen what happens in hollow man invisible. yeah right, right? exactly right <laughs> or, or you just like or you just hate people and you just say i want to be left alone like, <laughs> yeah. you know, that would be my reason i just like leave me alone i'll fly and be invisible and that, that's good that's right. well and that's that's why i think that this whole thing is such a great personality test right like it really tells you a lot about yourself <laughs> depending on on, yeah, on no uh, how you right. want to be seen in the world and yeah. um yeah. And, and or not seen or not Ooh. seen yeah well, what are the others? I mean, is strength one? Is there something about uh, super strong? No, nope. oddly enough. Yeah, super strength is not there. Do you guys want me to just uh, read them off? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so yeah, we got number one, invisibility. Number two, being able to fly. Number three, time travel. Um, oh. I would hate this. My OCD would just make me like, was like, no, I got to do that over again. I got to do that over again. I yeah. got to do that. Like, I would never. Oh, no. God, that's right. right. I didn't it. even think about it. Forget it. It's off the list. Yeah. I've seen about like, time. I know that. how many times he kind of screws right. things up for himself. I've also <laughs> yeah, seen yeah. the butterfly effect. And it's just one of those things. It's just a bad. Yeah. It's all bad. No, no, no. Yeah. It's yeah all bad. Don't, don't want it. Don't want it. Um, number four, teleportation. Mm hmm. Which actually, oh, like, that's okay. that's one thing. I was like, yeah. oh, my God, like, traffic, commute, travel, like, all of that would be, like, n a non-issue. I could just, like, hey, what do you feel like? Oh, I feel like some Italian. Snap, <laughs> go to Italy, get some, you know, get some pasta, come back. You know, it's like, you're, you're good. Yeah, and right? if you yeah. could do that without Absolutely. growing a blue tail, then that that's all the better, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I don't so know. teleportation. <laughs> He's awfully gymnastic, that nightcrawler. <laughs> right. <laughs> nightcrawler. Right. All right. So that yeah. So mm -hmm. number five. Oh yeah. And wait, isn't isn't Nightcrawler, isn't he like like a like super Christian or something? Like he's in a church, right? Like well, so he's wrong story. No, he's not <laughs> he's he's not exactly a Christian. He's more like a quasimodo like um figure. He's hiding. He's there. he's yeah. hiding yeah, he took yeah. refuge. Right. I remember. Okay. I, well, wasn't he like saying a prayer in in one of the movies? Like yeah, I remember. Maybe. You know, the Valley of the Shadow of Death. <laughs> maybe. All right. But and to be one. fair, it's it's mm. a different uh, different Marvel. <laughs> we'll <just laughs> oh, say that was the theory. All right. All right. <laughs> at least at that point in time. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And then the last one, which I would think would be like number one, is uh, super healing abilities, like to heal any injuries or, oh, yeah. you know, like like the thing that Loki, like Loki shot in the face and it doesn't even phase him, right? right like, right. Yeah. like you would think that would be number one. It's like you go to the doctor. It's like, I'm sorry, sir. You have this horrible z disease. It's like, no, I don't. Snap. You know, it's like, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, right, right. Hmm. That's yeah. I mean, that's a pretty good list, actually. I, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I could take all five. <laughs> yeah, right? Give me all well, except time travel. I'll take I'll take everything but time travel. Yeah, I like that teleport. Uh, teleporting that would be probably my 
That'd yeah. be it. I mean, I would teleport freaking everywhere. I got yeah. my bathroom is like eight feet away from me right now. <laughs> I would teleport there. We would become the laziest society. <laughs> I think right. that's why like, I, I would teleport yeah. to the gym where I would <laughs> yes. teleport last. Right? Is there is there like a treadmill teleport? It's like a, yeah. a teleport. <laughs> I know eventually society moves like as everybody teleports. We're all like Wally people. You know, just <laughs> these big, big blobs. We can't we can't actually do anything once we get there. But. Mm-hmm. It's like we have super strength, but we look like the Wally people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Well, you know, it has been a fantastic conversation with the two of you about, uh, uh, you know, this conversation's gone all over the place for this one minute of fighting, which is, uh, you know, why we're here. This is absolutely <laughs> why we're here. For. Yeah. Thank you both so much for joining well, us thank today. You. Thank, thank you for having, having us. It's so on. fun to talk yeah. to you. Tell us, tell us a little bit about your show and what, uh, where people can track you down and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. So um, it it is The Exorcist Minute. Uh, so um, we review the iconic uh, uh, film The Exorcist Minute by Minute. Um, it happens to be – so The Exorcist happened to, happens to be one of my favorite books. I read it every year for Halloween. Uh, and so with Keenan being a big film guy and me being all on the spooky books, we were, you know, really excited to – tackle like what a lot of folks consider the scariest movie of all time so yeah this is and again this is like my first uh or our first like movies by minute podcast we plan to do a whole lot more but like i got introduced to like seeing you know the star wars minute the godfather minute and i was like oh i want to do that and nobody's done the exorcist yet so that's what we're doing um we're like what is it like we just finished recording episode 50 something 60 something Oh, 60 something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, 60 something. Um, yeah, we got a backlog, uh, you know, so that we never miss a day. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been really fun. But yeah, if you guys want to find us, um, the, the exorcistminute.com, we're on all the directories, Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google podcasts, uh, you know, Amazon music, all that stuff. And we also have like, we have a, a Facebook page, um, uh, that you can, you know, like and share with your friends. Uh, and then we have a listener group, uh, called compelling conversations um where like yeah you just get in there and you can uh chat about uh the movie post memes and all that stuff yeah yeah it's our first podcast and we we've been thinking about you pete and andy as our our godfathers so (laughs) yes thank you so much for taking us under your wings we really we really hope we go into this in the long run and look at some movies that uh are adapted from literature some sort of a comparative lit or and all of them are going to have uh that we have in our, our current lineup, uh, the question of whether God exists in that world as well. So, right, right, yeah. it's existential, <laughs> existential dread, dread all the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is fantastic. Well, it's a fantastic show. I have learned so much about that movie listening to you two talk about it, and I've had Aww. the privilege of being a part of it. So, I certainly thank you. It's a lot of fun. Check it out, everybody. We'll have the links for that uh, in the show notes. And uh, again, thank you both so much. Uh, we are thrilled to have had you. And uh, Pete, thanks as always. Oh man, I lost my God-related joke. Oh, crying out loud, it was right there. Oh. Oh. I was watching you struggle. I didn't know what. It was just like right there. <laughs> Until next time, true believers.
Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is Message to the World by Anthony Vega, and this season's show art is by Winston Yabo. Find the show at truestory.fm. If your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, please consider doing that for our show. Our show.